everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Garage Gym PT Podcast. Um, sitting with you here, as always, is David Farwick and Lou Follenkamp. Yeah, we got a hot one today. <laughs> Tell them a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, Dave. Yeah, so we kind of just like had the uh, idea to to go over like player injuries as they happen to give you an accurate time frame of healing and kind of the expectation. And what better time to do it than when uh, Joe Burrow goes down again and scares the hell out of Cincinnati? <laughs> no, that has been the talk of the town in Cincinnati, and people have been offering their calves. Yeah, and there's been a, a, a ton of speculation and a lot of this stuff that's inaccurate based upon diagnosis too so i guess mm -hmm. we're just here to provide some clarification some timelines some expectations and hopefully put this sucker to rest for people mm -hmm. so when did this all happen i'm trying to remember um i think it's about 10 days ago now <clears throat> so days two, ago thir now. two thursdays ago when we actually had a peak in heat i want to say it was like 95 on the field oh gross um yeah which to be honest really just it helps that it happened a week ago <laughs> so as far as like the timeline that joe chose to do this it's very advantageous for him to avoid missing time mm -hmm. uh i guess let's like go through and see if we can get like a a proper diagnosis the mm -hmm. the speculation that i think i'm hearing from everybody is an Achilles injury versus a calf injury. Okay, right. so let's let's paint this picture accurately here. Guys, it is a grade one plus to two calf strain. As from everything that I'm hearing from the camp, from ESPN, uh, inside and out. And uh, I really haven't heard much outside of it mm -mm. obviously everybody gets finicky when they hear achilles because they think rupture but the two are very very different correct and i i'm even going as far as like speculating that joe had something bugging him because he came on with like a, a calf sleeve that day so that even begs the the question why are we out here but uh once again that's that's all speculation True. Now, specifically, um, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of an idea about what a strain is in the musculature, uh, you can break this down into different grades just for the purpose of today. Um, you can have a grade one, which is a mild or like a first degree muscle strain. Uh, there's a grade two, which is more of a moderate or second degree muscle strain. Um, and then also a grade three, uh, which is basically where the muscle is practically ruptured um yeah, it's a severance yeah where there's basically there's a discontinue within the entire from origin to insertion something has torn uh fully yeah uh, i think they, they go percentage based right so one's like up to 10 percent mm -hmm. two's 10 to 50 percent and then you know three can be anywhere from 51 to severance correct maybe maybe there's a grade four based upon who you read which would be the severance but yeah, it, it all depends. True. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, that's another good point to make, depending on who you're going to read on and the different degrees of rupture. Um, but regardless, uh, 
with this high level of an athlete, you're going to want to make sure you do your due diligence for his recovery and just making sure that, you know, we're not trying to push too hard just to get back toward uh, the first preseason games, let alone, I think they're even talking about he, I think Jamar Chase came out and basically said that he thinks that Burrow uh, should be out until week five. Uh, dude, I, I don't know what that was about. I, think I don't know either. I think he's relating this back to his own hip, which mm-hmm. uh, for reference, Jamar Chase had a stress fracture with a labral tear and sought out mm-hmm. multiple different medical consultations. Um, yeah, the, the two are completely different and it's apples to oranges here. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not really sure where that came about. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's trying to relate it back to his own personal problems or whatever. So like it, but it's just completely different. But we're here to tell you why. Um, so Zach Taylor's come out and he's been pretty uh, stoic on it'll be several weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hit the nail on the head. So, you know, we go into that one plus the two category you get towards six to eight weeks, um, depending on the severity of the two, mm-hmm. maybe closer to six, depending on if it's a one plus two minus type of deal, basically kind of speculating that it's 25% ish. Mm-hmm. If we're going to categorize it. Uh, so in, in reality, this could be a best case scenario for the Bengals and the Bengals fans and that he doesn't have to accrue unnecessary reps and, He'll still be good to go by the start of week one. True. Which, of yeah. course, I, I think was six and a half or seven weeks to the date that he did it, which is a perfect yes. healing time frame. When is the first? Second week of say, September. Let's say the first NFL preseason. Um, NFL preseason is going on right now, I think, or starts this week. Yeah, and they have four weeks. Um, there may mm-hmm. be an off week, or the fourth week's usually used to make cuts. Yeah, they'll narrow the rosters down. And then it looks like the first kickoff of the NFL season is September 7th. Yeah, I, they did like a countdown. I think it was 45 to 50 days to mm-hmm. the start of the season when he, when he accrued that. Correct. Um, let's see here. Yeah, dang. Crazy. We're already on the <laughs> the cusp of the start of the NFL season. That's nuts to me. I feel like we just started summertime. Ugh. Best time of year. I was going to say, fall sports coming around the corner. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um. But now looking into this injury, I mean, you know, Dave, you said how many weeks again? Uh, I think he had six to seven. Six to seven. Okay. From the start. So so that would get him through the next preseason games and then into the start of the season. Yeah, I think that their strategies uh, to sit him the entire time and just let him accumulate reps as he's healing. And guys, there there is a bit of gamesmanship that's coming from the front office here to mess mm-hmm. with the Browns on week one 
because Joe's been historically bad against the Browns relative to any other team that he's faced. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're doing this just like Patrick Mahomes did with his ankle to kind of stir up some gamesmanship here. True. You don't want to give away too much before the start of the season. Yeah, and they're not, they're not letting them get a game plan based upon what the Bengals want to do in Joe's strength. So they have to prepare for two people and kind of split their practice time 50-50. Mm -hmm. Who is the backup quarterback for the Bengals? Trevor Simeon. I don't know where he's out of. Uh, I think he floated around a couple different teams. I think he got some spot starts maybe in like New England or something. Oh, yeah. Came from the Saints in 2021, and then he was with the Bears in 2022. But, yeah, he's, he's just got, like, a spot start here or there. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with him. Okay. This will be an interesting uh, play of events to see how they kind of – oh, yeah, he's been in the league for quite a bit. But I mean, like, okay. they're even activating people on their practice squad. They just picked up another QB, so – I, I truly think the front office is just gaming the Browns here to try to screw up their game plan mm -hmm. for week one. I mean, if Burrow, that's the other thing. You don't want to rush Burrow coming back and the off chance that he makes this injury worse. Um, I mean, taking your, like I said before, doing your due diligence on his recovery to bring back your star. Um, we don't need another... <laughs> mishap for the Bengals in this season. That's for sure. No. I, if I could give a projection here, I think I've put it out in my text to a couple people. I'm kind of mm -hmm. doing that six and a half weeks. The first two weeks, obviously, there's already been reports of him walking without a limp. You know, the next mm -hmm. two weeks, I think that you're doing a ton of eccentric loading. He gets back to throwing activities. Last two and a half weeks, you get back into plyos while continuing to do eccentric activity. And then I think he starts week one, and they probably do a bunch of heavy pass protection sets and try to really bump the run game. It'll definitely be interesting to see how they're going to go about um, maybe modifying the offense with who's available as well. Um, I'm not really too sure on Simeon's strengths as a quarterback, whether or not if he's got any kind of agile, like agility or if he's fast or maybe a different yeah. offensive scheme. I think he runs around the pocket. But like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward. Mm -hmm. I think there's a good shot he does start, meaning Joe Burrow starts week one mm -hmm. and definitely starts by week two. Yeah. The Jamar Chase kind of threw everybody into a loop and it's it's just not that serious yeah or you could look at it as he's trying to play more of a psychological game and throw people off that he's not really actually going to be back for that many games but then maybe he does come back for that many games yeah like i said i i really you never uh, know yeah i really do think that they're they're kind of playing with people's psyche on this one Mm -hmm. more so than it is like Joe's capability. And I think that there's probably a, uh, what do you call it, like unanimous front to try to do this between Zach Taylor giving the several thing, Jamar Chase saying, we don't need you, and everybody just drawing up and stirring up drama for the NFL to kind of 
try to figure out on their own. Sure. And then just as a note, um, some of the other Bengals players dealing with injury right now, it looks like you have uh, Charlie Jones. Uh, actually, looks like he suffered an injury to his shoulder, who's questionable for week one as well against Cleveland. Um, looks like updated on August 1st. Um, let's see here. The other big one was Travion Williams went down with the ankle sprain and is week to week. Yeah. So he's, from what it says on their their website, it looks like they are. he's also questionable for week one. And then Hendrickson also uh, says lower body injury is questionable for week one. Uh, so kind of curious to see how those three in particular, Burrow, Hendrickson, and um, Williams all kind of make their way back toward the playing field again. Yeah, and I'm not sure how many of you guys play fantasy football. <laughs> Questionable <laughs> means likely <laughs> as an FYI. So yeah. they're not they're not shutting anybody down. Once again, it 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 all it all just boils down to kind of using your your injury status as needed to kind of pull people from practice. But one one big thing, um to touch on here everybody wants to talk about kobe bryant and kevin durant with like the achilles tears um, yeah. maybe, maybe even cam Akers. there's there's a lot of favorable things for the position of quarterback that probably put this uh this time frame once again closer to joe starting so by nature of mm-hmm. the sport in his position he's doing a lot of stationary stuff he isn't really doing much power side to side running jumping cutting etc obviously in the ideal world he has an eight second clean pocket or they're doing a bunch of screen plays to make sure that he's not exposed mm-hmm. so i i think as far as like the position the demands from his calf aren't that great so if we were talking about running back one wide receiver Tight end, if you'll remember last year, Hayden Hurst went out for about four weeks, five weeks. Uh, he had the exact same injury, guys, and his, his position is much more demanding from a power and force generation standpoint. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Joe's younger. So That's very true. A lot of stuff that I think is cascading this time frame closer to the sixth week. Mm-hmm. And, and I, just to kind of... Sorry, we're going to say it. I haven't even seen the official status of a grade two. I have seen official status of a yeah. grade one floating around. So I think that we are looking at the 10-ish, 15-ish soft tissue category. Mm-hmm. As I say, it doesn't look like it's anything crazy. I think they're just being more cautious and conservative just to maintain their stars you know, production status later on in the start of the actual season. Um, and of course, he's going to sign the most guaranteed contract in the history of the NFL here shortly. So they're they're protecting their asset. Exactly. I mean, if you're going to put money into him, you want to make sure he's going to be able to stick around and perform. Um, but just to kind of give you guys a little bit of an anatomy lesson, just to kind of, you know, they say calf strain. Um, there's two different parts to the calf that this could be in, you know, whether or not if it's the soleus, which is the deeper part of your calf, uh, or if it's the gastrocnemius, which is those two big heads that you can kind of see superficially uh, in your calf. 
but all three of these blend into the Achilles. Now, the word Achilles hasn't necessarily been tossed around from what I've been reading. Um, yeah, like, everybody's just jumping to worst case scenario. It's yeah, it's muscle belly. Yeah, so if it's up in the muscle belly, I mean, from what they're making it sound like, it could just be up in the actual muscle belly away from where it attaches into the Achilles tendon. Uh, haven't really heard anything about like a mid-substance Achilles tendon tear or like an insertional uh, detachment. So like, I don't know. That's, that's nothing crazy to be worried about, but just where like, you know, the two heads of the gastrocnemius and then the soleus kind of blend together into that sole or into the, uh, the Achilles tendon, you know, you're probably thinking even more, you know, proximal to that. So nothing too insane. And just let it take its healing time. I think indicated that it was away from the heel. Like mm-hmm. the way he went down, uh, wasn't grabbing at the ankle. So take that for what you will but once it, like it just kind of I don't is validating to all of what we're saying mm-hmm. so if he was going to grab down at the ankle the achilles actually is a rupture and it'll ball up and right. you're not you're not going to grab up near your knee but i guess like Let's kind of go through the, if you were in the room, how are you treating this? And I guess we'll go by like every two week category (laughs) for like phasing him as a return to play protocol. I obviously Mm -hmm. touched on it a little bit uh, at the beginning. As far as like, you know, what I expect to see from them is like a progression. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if it's just going to be like a grade one, uh, first of all, straight off the gate, I don't think you're going to be doing any kind of crazy stretching, you know, with a muscle strain, stretching is actually going to be more counterintuitive to this um, because the muscles already already basically been stretched beyond its capacity. So you've had that strain, you've had that irritation. Uh, So like gentle range of motion, just kind of getting it moving again, getting blood flowing through the area. I mean, like they've already said, he's already walking around and things are moving. So that's already wonderful to heal. Um, but I'm kind of curious to see what they do over the next few weeks as to what kind of, like I guess, step-by-step progression they're going to take with him. Um, yeah, I would throw heavy soft tissue work in here too. To yeah. try to stir up inflammation. So this is probably where you're, you're rolling in your, your instrument-assisted soft tissue massage and almost trying to draw up that they call like petechiae response, which means uh, basically bruising. Mm-hmm. So I think this is where this kind of fits in and you're, you're going aggressively at this as you can. So every time that bruise heals, I'm going to go right back in and open it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably doing low-level banded eccentrics and maybe like seated calf raises to try to like remodel the tissue to put a loaded stretch, not a passive stretch. So what you were saying is definitely true. If you guys have tendonitis or if you have a muscle strain, doing a passive stretch through that muscle tissue will actually recreate the injury mechanism. So it needs to have load so the fibers have a stimulus to lay down again. Mm-hmm. You want to like toe the line of what's enough for it, but at the same time, not overload it to the point where you aggravate it again. Yeah. Uh, I think think another thing, just like, just kind of uh, piggyback off what you were saying about like the instrument assisted, 
um, you know, depending on presentation and depending upon like what is present within the musculature, I might even go in and drop some like some dry needles into the area just to kind of help get it the kind of hit that reset and the neuromuscular areas. Uh, just to kind of help reset some of that and get things to kind of calm down a little faster. That way range of motion is a little bit more tolerable. Uh, probably not going to be doing pistoning. If anything, I'm probably going to drop spin, maybe even run some stim through it for a few minutes just to kind of, you know, excite that area, but at the same time, stimulate the healing response a little bit further. Um, what were you going to say, Dave? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I'm probably letting him go in on his off days and do upper body stuff to try to get that global healing response too. Mm -hmm. so i'm probably loading them let's get the three three and a half days a week with that 40 hour uh rest in between and then letting them run as usual upper body things throwing programs depending on the length and the intensity and that's mm -hmm. i think about as fast as you can probably do that tissue remodeling period And once they kind of get back into that area where like strength looks pretty good, uh, start throwing in maybe just some light plyometrics just to kind of gradually expose the tissue again to that. I mean, the calf being what it is, it has to be able to produce force, but also has to be able to absorb force, especially being able to be mobile in the pocket. So being able to like take that, that tissue, make sure everything's kind of solid sound and then exposing him to that kind of a stimulus again, gradually, I think will also not just build like, you know, confidence in his mobility and his agility in the pocket. Uh, but then just the the strength and integrity of the tissue that he is injured as well. Yeah. I think I'd probably put plyometrics around week four. Yeah, definitely. Um, the two to four in between, I'm definitely loading him with standing calf raises and like maybe one of those uh, seated soleus machines. And mm -hmm. we're going to hit a lot of volume and a lot of eccentrics. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't really know like where the, the golden line is, but you do want to probably have a single leg calf raise executed at some decent amount of reps before you're going to go into plyos. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really recall any good rule of thumb research on that, but I don't know if you're doing like four sets of eight to 10 with good control and tempo, mm -hmm. I'm, prob I'm probably willing to speed you up. The other thing that can be said on this too is like sled work. Right. So if you mm -hmm. have a sled, you can like literally cue these people to get onto the balls of their feet and push to their calves. And that's just going to maintain the isometric contraction needed for running. I'm trying to see if they put anything else out for him over the last two days. I checked yesterday when Jamar was kind of releasing that week five thing. And I was just like, uh, this is out of pocket. And it was, I think it was a, it was a gotcha interview on NFL mm -hmm. network, to be honest, mm -hmm. where he kind of just walked off the field and, you know, for whatever reason in his mind, he's like, I had to take five weeks off. And I told mm -hmm. Joe to do the same if, you know, it's going to be in the benefit of the team. And he's just saying that as a friend, mm -hmm. but I just, I don't think it's accurate to the situation. Yeah, they said that there was an update four hours ago, but it's the same. It's the same material, just with Jamar Chase's input. So, yeah, and not even a whole like, lot of uh, that. Zach Taylor's just holding the cards close to his chest and just seeing the several weeks thing, mm -hmm. which could mean a month or could mean 
seven weeks exactly. So it's. Yeah, it looks to be more along the lines of just everyone kind of piggybacking off of what Jamar Chase has now put out there into the world. Yeah, that's the classic stir the pot media cycle. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into what Jamar Chase is saying about it, but at the same time, there's always a strategy behind what the, the teams are going to do with um, bringing a star back into the fold again. And guys, Just to be honest keep... with you, from like a PT category, I would rather treat this than Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain. Yeah. Like it's much, it's much more precise. The healing timeframes are much more predictable in the timing of this during where we're at. Reaggravation is much less likely. So when push comes to shove here. Uh, I am still looking at a week one start. I would maybe put it 75-25 that mm -hmm. he starts week one versus week two. I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do. I mean, the Bengals versus – because they, they open up with – Browns, that's divisional opponents. Okay. So if it's Bengals versus Browns, man, I don't know. That'll be an interesting setup. And I think the next week is the Ravens too. Ooh, so they, they have to go through the through the gauntlet like right away. I definitely don't see him participating in any preseason games, that's for sure. Uh, no. I think right around that week four timeline too, you're you're gonna see him actively passing with the first team offense though. Yeah. You might see him taking reps in practice, but I definitely don't foresee him you know. Packers on the 11th, no. Falcons on the 18th, no. And then the Commanders on the 26th, I don't foresee him taking any reps in those games. Maybe like like before they start him with the first team, but then after that, I, I don't foresee him participating in those games. I see one drive max. One drive max. Yeah. But I think they've already confirmed that he's not going to do preseason. Yeah, because then Bengals-Browns on September 10th at 1 o'clock. I mean, that's a good amount of time to get some healing under your belt and, you know, get some confidence back into the calf before the season starts. Uh, yeah. Let me look at this exact timeline, too, just to make sure it's that six to seven weeks that we were talking about. Okay, so I think he had it on okay, – that would be July 27th. Then you have third one, two, three, four, five. It's like just under seven. You have five weeks in the end of August. And then the seventh will be the sixth week. And then you'll have until Sunday. So he, yeah, basically has six weeks to the, uh, to the T with a little bit of extra time. Mm-hmm. Just to respect that soft tissue healing rate, making sure he's 100% good to go, kind of getting everything moving in the right direction for him. Yep. And, you know, to give you clarity on that soft tissue healing rate, it's four to eight weeks, depending on severity. And everything is indicating that this is a less severe strain. Mm hmm. But yeah, anything else to add on the? Recovery of Joe Burrow. 
not really. Um, I am a little disappointed that this happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you really want to point the, the finger here at hydration or strength and conditioning. Um, I, I, something kind of needs to be said here for doing too many plyos in the off season mm-hmm. and not sticking yourself under enough eccentric load. And from a personal perspective, I think I would want to see him really focus on gaining leg mass. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about somebody accruing a lower body injury and you put him mm-hmm. up against Jalen Hurts, uh, it's probably going to be Joe, not Jalen. Jalen boasts a back squat of 600 pounds. Oh. Yeah, and he's like a Texas power lifter, so. Jeez, Pete. I don't know. That's actually kind of nuts. Having more strength in the reserve there is probably a good thing. Especially considering the ACL uh, recovery as well. So he had that injury on the left knee. The calf injury is on the right side. They were opposite. I I don't think that they're intertwined, but. I'd be curious. That'd be kind of fun to look into a little bit more of. But now we hope you guys have enjoyed our, our discussion today on uh, Joe Burrow's calf injury and, you know, the upcoming season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, we will see you guys in the next episode.